Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. An Erio's original. Each week, we decide who's to blame for a historical tragedy. And each week, you tell us if we got it right. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and this is The Aftermath. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Aftermath. Today, we'll be speaking with Dr. Ali Nabavizadeh, Assistant Professor of Veterinary Anatomy at the University of Pennsylvania School of Veterinary Medicine, as well as comparative anatomist and paleobiologist. Let's hear what he has to say about the tragic events that happened at Jurassic Park. Hi, Ali. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. We're so excited to talk about dinosaurs and have an expert for this. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> so tell us about your particular field of study. What is paleobiology and what is your connection to the dinosaur world? All right, yeah. So um, I'm... So I consider myself a a vertebrate paleobiologist. Basically, I study the anatomy of uh, things like dinosaurs and large herbivorous, uh, they're just large herbivorous animals, mostly dinosaurs, herbivorous dinosaurs. Um, But I'm also doing things like looking at uh, ancient elephants and other things like that. Um, But I'm primarily interested in the comparative anatomy of their feeding mechanisms. So looking at the head structure of herbivorous dinosaurs like Triceratops, Stegosaurus, and Kylosaurus, the the duck-billed dinosaurs, Hadrosaurus, um, and looking at the variation in in the way their mouths look and the way their teeth kind of are structured. And for me especially, uh, reconstructing muscles in the head to then try to figure out how they would have eaten their food because you see a lot of variation in the different feeding mechanisms that they have. And, and that kind of depends on the different types of plants they're eating. So it's kind of 
you know, doing a little detective work. In this particular tragedy, the dinosaurs ate humans. Yes, that's true. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't necessarily look at that those dinosaurs necessarily, but. I do. Yeah. I've done plenty of <laughs> look, you know, I, I still, I think I can, you know, yeah, we can imagine that. it. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. at, at the time, at the time they didn't have humans. To exactly. Eat, so exactly. we'll give them that. So I, I've read that it wasn't until Jurassic Park came out that the public grew more accepting of the theory that dinosaurs evolved uh, from, you know, into present day birds, not present day reptiles. Can you tell us more about this theory and how it came to light in the scientific community? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so basically, you know, dinosaurs lived and evolved for maybe like 150 million years from over 200 million years ago to 66 million years ago. Basically, you know, as they evolved, there are, diff- there are different groups of dinosaurs that evolved, of course, and one particular group called theropods. Um, and these are the ones that include the mostly the carnivorous dinosaurs like T-Rex, Velociraptor, all of these animals. One line of them basically evolved the features of birds. Now, a lot of Dinosaurs related to them had we now know have feathers. For instance, they we we found mm. feathers in the fossil record um, in the past couple decades, especially. Um, we're growing to learn more and more about just kind of the anatomical similarities between birds that we know today and their dinosaur relatives of the past. So, um, it's you know. So, so yes, dinosaurs evolved into birds, but it's only one specific line of dinosaurs that did that. All the rest of them went extinct. So if you kind of think of it as a tree, it's just one of the little branches, little twigs off of the tree persisted and the other ones died off. And then, yeah, and then once the dinosaurs went extinct um, 66 million years ago, the line that was you know, that, you know, birds had already evolved by then. So they were able to diversify. There was a lot more niche space. There was a lot more room for them to, you know, grow in their diversity and things like that. And so it spread across the world. Okay. Okay. That actually makes, made sense for the first time. Oh, good. <laughs> the T-Rex mm-hmm. is the, the major killing machine in this movie. Yes. Um, what can you tell us about this terrifying dinosaur? And did the movie get it right? I actually like to think the movie got a lot of right about the t-rex now as as you know over time we found out more and more about t-rex so you know anatomically there are certain little nuances that you know are different for instance although there's no direct evidence of it um some scientists now believe t-rex might have had some feathers so we might have seen some feathers what? on t-rex yeah so if you look on you know online and some some you know artists go overboard and make it all a big fluff ball but you know we've we've so far found you know scale impressions of different parts of the t-rex but really things that are related to t-rex especially um more um i guess they're more t- the tyrannosaurid ancestors, let's say, we know that they had some kind of fuzz. So we call them dino fuzz, which is kind of like a, you know, a, a term for pre-feather condition, basically. Uh, so it kind of looks like basically the middle rachis of a feather, the middle thing going up. So just a bunch of those, yeah. like hair, basically. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it, it might have had some of that. There's differences in their stance and the way they held their head and things like that. But um, other, otherwise, I mean, I I always have I've admired the uh, the design of the T Rex in Jurassic Park. Um, it's it, it has one of the most powerful bite forces of any animal. Um, 
you know, save the alligator, which is just insane <laughs> um, as, as far as the size of its body. But, um, but they have teeth, teeth that are about a foot long, including the root, you know, so they can crush bone easily. And so I'm, I'm sure if there was a human for it to snack on, it would not give up that opportunity. Do you think we as humans look delicious to them? I don't think so. Not compared, <laughs> not not compared to what they had. I mean, they're eating things like huge duck-billed dinosaurs that were like you know meat on a platter. You know, <laughs> just eat these enormous animals yeah. that all they had to do was bite their butt and they're down. You know, <laughs> like um, so they yeah they they ate hadrosaurs, which are duck-billed dinosaurs. I think they're called hadrosaurs, the different kinds, and um, the horn dinosaurs, ceratopsians, like triceratops. Um, the T. Rex snacked on them quite regularly. Um, t- wow. Triceratops, you know, had a good fight, could, could put up a good fight with it. And I like to think that it won a lot of the time because I'm biased, but yeah. Are you a big Triceratops head? Oh yeah. I am. I am definitely <laughs> a Triceratops. It has always been my favorite. And I, you know, I study them now too. So that's kind of a plus. <laughs> How would they have fought back? So, so obviously they have those big long brow horns, the two two on top of the head and one in the middle on their nose, and they also had this big shield on the back of their head, the frill. Um, all of these things, you know, as long as the Triceratops was standing head on to the T Rex, the T Rex would have had a hard time getting at it. Not not to say it wouldn't have been able to grab at it, but the right. frill, for instance, the big shield would have made it would have given it a harder time to actually wrap its mouth around the frill to actually bite the thing you know so if a t-rex wanted to kill a triceratops it would have to come in from behind and we do see fossils of triceratops pelvis of the hip bones of triceratops in which you know it's been bitten into and sometimes healed and when when it's healed when we find it healed we know that it survived because it had time to heal but if it was bitten into wow. and it didn't heal, we know that it was, that was the end, you know? So um, there's a lot of clues that we can, you know, look at in the fossil record, which is really cool because we can see how the dinosaurs actually might've lived their lives or, you know, in far as feeding, you know, there's tooth wear. So we can see what was its last meal maybe, or, you know, things like that, or what kind of food was it Oh, eating? how embarrassing <laughs> that would be for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Doritos. Oh, uh, me too, me too, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of dinosaurs with frills, mm-hmm. uh, it seems that the Dilophosaurus, yeah. um, they're, they're the most, uh, I guess, misunderstood or misrepresented in the film from what I've read. Yeah. Um, Can you, yeah. Yeah, abs- yeah, definitely. Um, so Dilophosaurus is interesting. I know, I mean, Spielberg admitted off the front that he put in that frill because he thought it would look cool. You know, it didn't, there's no evidence of that. There's no evidence that they were poisonous or venomous. Um, and you know, spit, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah the, the yeah, whatever. The venom or whatever so cool, it was. Though. Yeah, it was. It's really, Very it's cool. a really cool effect, a really cool <laughs> way to, you know, die. But I mean, the way that Dennis Nedry died was he was locked in a car, so he didn't even need that, you know, spitting venom. He he would have just like attacked him in the car. And although, uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but um, but yeah, there, I mean, there's no evidence of that. We've re- there recently there was a paper about Dilophosaurus actually that kind of gave us more of a look into what it actually looked like, which is really neat. It's a really, really cool animal in and of itself. It's an early version of a theropod, the carnivorous group of dinosaurs. It's from the early Jurassic, which is long before T-Rex. So they wouldn't even have existed oh, no. at, the, at the same Mm-mm, time? No, not at all. Okay. Yeah, they, they were far... I mean, there's there is less time 
between us and T-Rex than there is between a Dilophosaurus and a T-Rex. Stop. No. <laughs> I mean, there's less time between a T-Rex and a Stegosaurus than there is between us and a T-Rex too. I mean, Stegosaurus was, you know, late Jurassic 150 million years ago. T-Rex was 66 to 70. So if you take that difference, we're actually, you know, there's a bit less time between there's 80 million years between T-Rex and Stegosaurus and about 66 between us and T-Rex. So <laughs> a lot of, wow. lot of room for it I've... to have evolved throughout <laughs> a lot of time. And I heard that they were large animals in the movie. They, they come off as like little cute dogs. They're, they're larger. Yeah. They're, they're not like insanely big, but they're, you know, they're medium. I'd say like maybe a little bigger than what Velociraptor is set is, portrayed as in the movie um probably bigger than that um okay but it was maybe i I can't i can't tell the exact size but it's it's a bigger it's bigger than it was there definitely so the uh, velociraptors they're you know they're the ones who are instilling fear everywhere all the humans go in the movie yeah yeah. they're fast they apparently know how to open doors uh what can you tell us about the velociraptor (laughs) can they open no No, they couldn't have opened doors. The The reason I say that is because the way that their hands are in the movie, if you know, if you look in the movie, they kind of look like little bunny hands. This is a big thing. Yeah. And this is a big, you know, uh, big to do in the paleontology world is that Jurassic Park had their hands like this, whereas their hands would have actually been like this, kind of curved inward with the, with the fingers curling toward the middle of the body. So they're tucking oh, their wow. hands so inward. Like a- um, like a bird. Like, yeah, like a mad scientist. Yeah, like think oh, of a yeah, bird, like you know, they're kind of tucked their wings in, but their hands are kind of, off, you know, kind of uh, curled in where their palms are toward the center of their body. Versus, you know, in the movie, they had them down like a bunny. Uh, but their wrists right. would not have would allowed that. They would have had to broken their wrists to actually do this. So they were actually like this. Um, oh, wow. And that's how, you know, birds are the same because birds kind of evolved from that general line of, theropod dinosaurs called manoraptorans um birds are kind of a branch off of that sub branch so you know um so there's a lot of like anatomical constraints throughout evolution you know first you get this then you get the the reduction of the uh, first you get the curling in of the fingers then you get the reduction of the fingers so you get less fingers and then you get big you know the ability to actually flap and fly you know so um just kind of one thing after another kind of evolved based on what you have. Why did they uh, evolve into smaller fingers? Why did they evolve into smaller fingers? Yeah, into having fa- smaller fingers. Well, because basically the feathers took over, I would say. I mean, their arms are, are enough of length as it is, and they their fingers kind of fused up. If you look at a chicken, if you, next time you eat a, a, a chicken wing, look at the sometimes you'll see the actual fingers and they look like three things that three little fingers that have fused into one kind of little, you know, nubbin. Um, uh-huh. That's because it's kind of sturdy enough to hold these massive uh, primary and secondary feathers that are allowing it to actually flap its wings. So um, they have big muscles in their chest for both flapping down and flapping up. So that's the p- primary actual uh, powered um, flight aspect of it. But, um, the fingers, they, they don't need those kind of fingers in the way that they fly, basically, is what it is. So they, right. they reduce it and they kind of, their their big long feathers take over um, with their powerful uh, arm muscles. 
If you can fly, you don't need hands. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in some cases, in birds, there are other things that, you know, like bats, for instance, their fingers are really long. So the membrane between a bat's fingers, uh, the, the, the membrane of a bat are between these really, really long fingers. Look at a bat skeleton next time, you know, you can Google it. You yeah. can see these really long fingers and the membrane just goes between them. Whereas a bird, the feathers are the ones that make the wing. Um, and the the pterosaurs like pterodactyl is the same thing. There's a really, really long fourth finger that the membrane comes off of and it goes down to the leg. So different ways to make wings. Uh, it just kind of <laughs> all depends on what you have at that evolutionary event. Basically you go with, you, again, you like, you have to work with what you have. So is there a dinosaur that's not featured in the movie that you think should have been included for its uh, maybe killer instinct, you know, killer essentially instinct. is there <laughs> is there uh did hollywood overlook i well i mean i i think t-rex is for as far as a killer dinosaur i think t-rex is the best was the best thing they could have you know done and it was from the book too so um you know in later movies they have things like spinosaurus and the third jurassic park with the big sail on its back um and they have other you know i you know, there are other big theropod dinosaurs that are in the later Jurassic World movies. But as far as actual killer, I mean, T-Rex, you can't really beat T-Rex in that regard. So I think they, they hit it's they funny. hit the home run there. Um, but, I mean, you know, the, I, I feel I'm, I'm personally, I, I always thought that they should have had more herbivores in that movie. But, you know, because, you know, herbivores are thought of as, you know, gentle giants. You know, that's how you kind of are told they are but you know they can actually be pretty aggressive themselves yeah i mean look at big herbivores today elephants hippos they rhinos they're you know they can do some damage themselves um things like triceratops i'm sure you know in the second movie they kind of show it but it it could have done some damage instead they just you know showed it sick on the ground you know (laughs) or yeah we we got to change the way people see herbivores Yes, they're you cool. Know? Herbivores are cool. I I will always, you know, strive to make that known <laughs> in more ways than one. So, so what is the likelihood of extracting the dino DNA from a mosquito in a fossil? <laughs> Not likely at all. <laughs> um, first of all, those mosquitoes, I don't think even evolved at the, you know, to actually have been able to... Uh, suck the blood of the dinosaurs um i think there was a i can't maybe i'm misremembering but there was something about how mosquitoes themselves were not actually you know didn't actually exist in that way (laughs) um granted or i mean in any way in any case really you know extracting blood from a fossil in that way is highly highly unlikely and then to get dna out of that or genetic material out of that it's uh, is just beyond me would there be any way to actually extract dna from uh anything so there's not not dna necessarily there have been recent studies that have looked at like you know that have found little remnants of proteins and possible dna structures but to extract dna if it's you know longer than i think 100,000 years ago after that DNA disintegrates. Um, I, I can't remember. It's yeah. It's bad. gone bad. Like it's, it's <laughs> gone. Um, but you know, there are fossils that are, there, there are, um, 
bones of animals that are fossilized that have been fossilizing but still have some dna in it like mammoths for instance you've heard of de-extinction i don't know if you've heard of de-extinction and you know all the fuss about you know some people are thinking well would it be a good idea to bring back the mammoth or saber-toothed cats or you know things like yeah. that um the big debates there but you know we um scientists have been able to extract you know dna get, get some dna sequencing out of that out of those animals, you know, especially the ones that have been frozen in ice for thousands of years. Right. Um, but as far as like dinosaurs, like T-Rex and them go, it's, it's not, not going to happen. I mean, speaking of de-extinction, I mean, do you think it's a good, good or a bad idea to open up a theme park with live real dinosaurs and why? <laughs> well, I think the movie <laughs> has answered that question pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> It would be cool. I, I would, I, I, if it was ethically and, you know, ethically sound and safe, sure. But I know there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of questions of if we should have de-extinction of much more recent mammals, you know, to think about de-extinction of dinosaurs is just kind of like, um, yeah, probably not the best idea. There's a reason. Yeah. There's a reason we exist, <laughs> With without di- things like dinosaurs, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying dinosaurs specifically, but things that are like dinosaurs, <laughs> like, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, what is that debate uh, about the um, de-extinction and the the more recent mm-hmm. animals like the mammoth? What yeah, there there's some like environmental factors. You know, is it, for instance, it could be an invas- invasive species if you. You know, introduce a new species into an environment, you know, it would be invasive. But at the same time, it could actually be, help fill in niches that are gone because of extinction. Now, granted, sometimes that a lot of times, especially recently, you know, that extinction is because of us. So it's like we're trying to do something um, to kind of make up for the fact that we, you know, killed off all these animals. But in that case, you know, maybe it's a good idea to try to get those animals that we killed back, you know, use that science to recreate those animals rather than animals that were already extinct before we got here or, you know, um, and, you know, different, different other things like, you know, it, you know, de-extinction takes a lot of scientific um, know-how and process and that takes away resources from other things like medical research and conservation research ah. you know conservation is a big thing we want to conserve what we have why are we thinking of just taking going back and bringing back animals that are already extinct there are animals that need us right now to help them you know use those resources there so a lot of a lot of things so i i, yeah. I tend to agree with that side of things um but there, there's a, there's been a lot of discussion about that. Number one, it would be cool. Yeah. Number two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so, are there lessons that we can learn from the dinosaurs about how to avoid extinction? Dinosaurs were just, you know, they were just living their life. They're, the reason, you know, that we that their evidence pretty well suggests now is that there was an asteroid hit the Earth caused a big global winter and that killed off the plants then the herbivores and then subsequently the carnivores. So, I mean, for us to kind of avoid something like that um, is a little more tricky, but as far as climate change, cause you know, there have been a lot of extinctions because of climate change, you know, especially because we're causing climate change now 
Um, whereas in the past, you know, climate change has impacted the environment in the way that, you know, it did on its own. But this time it's because of what we're doing to the atmosphere with everything that we're, you know, we've built. Um, so, you know, there are scientists that do a lot of research in climate change and saying, okay, you know, what do we know about the past and climate change in the past and how can we use that to figure out how to, you know, mitigate these kinds of disasters in the future. There are, there's a lot of research in that, in that realm. Um, And um, yeah, you know, you can't, you can't do anything about the future unless you learn from the past. So finally, at the end of the day, if you had to pick one person or thing that was to blame for the tragic events uh, at Jurassic Park, yeah. who or what would that be? <laughs> one person? <laughs> one person, or it can also be a concept. Capitalism. You know. Wow. <laughs> that's a big that's a big statement. There. That's a big one. <laughs> no. Person Hammond. Um but yeah, I mean it's it's a big statement on the you know, the problems we run into with things like that, you know. I mean greed what what is a there was a quote by Ian Malcolm, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Like, you know, it's, you know, you go full speed ahead on something like science, you know, things like, you know, building dinosaurs with frog DNA that, you know, Henry Wu did. It should have been like bird and croc DNA. I don't even know why they did frog DNA, but that's another, (laughs) that's another thing. (laughs) Specifically, I mean, specifically to move that story along for the whole, you know, sex, (laughs) sex change thing. Um, Right. Huge oversight. Huge huge oversight. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, that, I would say the main person, if there was a person to blame, ultimately, of course, it'd be John Hammond, maybe even Henry Wu and, you know, Dennis Nedry, those three (laughs) in different ways. Um, But, um, you know, the biggest voice of reason was Ian Malcolm, even though his character is a lot, you know, not the best, you know, personality, but the things he said about this concept were dead on, you know? So, yes. Um, yeah, he he definitely gets a a, a star. Yeah, on, uh, <laughs> nice star up on the yes. board. <laughs> um, well, Ali, thank you so much for joining us and talking to us about dinosaurs and helping us understand, you know, what might be to blame for Jurassic Park. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. With us today, we have producer Amanda Lund. Good morning, Rebecca and Alarmy. Fact checker, Chris Smith. Hello. Okay, I left a little space for you to... um... Hello, I am in fact that person. (laughs) Affirmative. (laughs) Uh, How fun that we got to talk about dinosaurs with a real dinosaur expert. Uh, That's cool. (laughs) Yeah, totally. He knows about a lot of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Chris Chris is jealous. (laughs) I do have very, I just don't know about a lot of stuff, and I'm always impressed when somebody does. I know. Every time we talk to an expert, I'm like rethinking my career choices. I'm like, why do I do, like, I know a little bit about every, I know a little bit about a few things instead of like knowing everything about one thing. It's such a, yeah, messed up. It, it, Totally. I mean, he is like, I feel like all of, I mean, I was interested in dinosaurs, not to the extent where I like, you know, memorized all of the dinosaur names, but I I, I know a few, you know, kids right now in my life who would be like starstruck. I think they would have (laughs) fallen over. You mean like Fred Fred Gallagher? (laughs) Little Fred Gallagher would have just been so excited to meet Ali just as excited as, as as I was I mean I had so many questions I really had to stop myself Fred is our buddy uh, and friend of the show Rebecca Johnson's son who is a like Rebecca says he's obsessed with dinosaurs right now and he remember he knows all the names it's the cutest thing yes yeah, so he's six oh, years old that's wonderful I mean dinosaurs are so freaking cool and I'm like Dr. Ali I like love the herbivores and I always did even as a kid I was like could care less about the carnivores I mm-hmm. like just loved the big herbivores <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's it's amazing too how you know all the way back then millions of years ago and today like vegans get no respect yeah like everyone's <laughs> down on vegans but like dino, dino vegans still like people were like yeah whatever like they didn't get the, a lot of screen time here in jurassic park that's right it's true it so is true, true. We really have to change that. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's low on the list. It's low on the list. <laughs> but like the fact that he said that we were closer to the T-Rex as far as timelines go than the T-Rexes to the Stegosaurus, I believe. Um, that blew my mind. Yeah, that was crazy to think just how long the dinosaurs, but they're just walking around like enjoying their rule over the earth mm-hmm. and then i mean like us it just goes to show any any day now <laughs> yeah uh, how about the feather idea 
Oh my God. I would have loved to see Jurassic Park if, if what he called, they, he said some renditions show uh, the Tyrannosaurus Rex as a fluff ball. <laughs> yes. I think that would have made it scarier. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, we are accustomed. Like, I, I have to say, like, in my opinion, the dinosaurs look more like reptiles, right? And we're used to reptiles being vi- more, way more vicious than like a bird or a chicken. So to see like a a a, a killer uh, bird, <laughs> yeah, that would have been way uh, yeah. scarier. Um, I also liked how he mentioned that uh, not all birds need hands, and that made a lot of <laughs> sense to me because you know you don't see airplanes. Because then I thought about airplanes are modeled after birds, and they don't have like little fingers at the end of their wings. Cause it, no, so they can grab things as they're flying. But that would be interesting if it, air, it like I might want to be on one of those airplanes just to see how different it feels. If they just had long arms, long arms out, with that hands, that would be so weird. So, was there anything else that we want to add to the board? I wrote down a few things that he said. Um, um, did I you just, have anything? I just wrote down Fran, uh, Henry Wu. We didn't. He kind of yeah. got away. Uh, he got away with one. Well, we, we said put the, the frog DNA. <laughs> we, we said the scientists, right? Didn't we, we did say, say the, the scientists? But scientist? I mean, I do feel like Henry Wu himself needs a, a shout out as you know he that was a big mess up, a scientific no no. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I I also have to say you know just the way Dr. Ali was describing the intensity of the T Rex bite, like to me that made me think like. It didn't matter what gates they had in place if people had guns. Like with an animal that's that strong, you even if this is what I'm referring to our choice of um, reliance on automation as the clap. I'm like maybe that actually didn't even matter. And even if they had had a mm. bunch of armed guards there, something bad still would have happened. Oh, yeah, we gotta get more. We, we it should have been more about probably more about just the decision making process, right? And sort of like. Which which dino like we didn't talk about maybe maybe differentiating dinos like why didn't they just wouldn't a theme park with just herbivore dinosaurs been just as fun as uh, one with a T Rex just leave <laughs> out know. the killers it, it would just be the three of us and Doctor Ollie I don't <laughs> <laughs> we'd have season passes and then everyone else would be going to <laughs> Disneyland Fest? yeah I guess so yeah the thrill of it would have been gone but mm. you're you're right i mean i i take your point that would have been a way you, i wish you had been i wish you had been a scientist chris involved oh, yeah. in the jurassic park it's except it, 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 you know as opposed to like knowing a little bit about a few things mm-hmm. <laughs> although dr ali did say that herbivores could be vicious as well right but it was more defending right so the triceratops, yeah. but I don't know. He compared them to hippos, and hippos are aggressive. Oh, you know, because even though they're not eating meat and killing for food, like they can still be aggressive because they're like protecting their territory and like protecting their food sources. So, right. you know, those like like he was saying, the triceratops were good fighters. Yeah, like they if they feel threatened. So, so in a way, it's like even if we did a theme park with just herbivores, they, maybe they would have started feeling, th- you know, threatened by the the crowds, the mm-hmm. massive crowds of herbivore fans that mm-hmm. would have um, <laughs> gone to the park and would have become aggressive. And all of a sudden, here you have Jurassic Park all over again. Exactly. So I've got Henry Wu 
back on the um, on the board for the first time. And we should also reconsider capitalism, perhaps, because that was his selection. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. I mean, we were circling right around there. I think ultimately, for us, it felt more satisfying to put Hammond in jail because he really had a particular... Uh, particularly bad case of capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> capitalism is a sickness. It is. Um, and he was just so egregious in like how he went on, uh, you know, uh, with the park, even though there were like major signs that he shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would agree. So do you think we stand by our verdict or do you want to switch it up? No, I think, I think we stand by the verdict. I, I honestly think, Dr. Ali would have, you know, would have, would support us. Okay. I think he would support us. Mm-hmm. Well, uh. let's not ask. <laughs> just, just in case. We've, we've bothered him enough. <laughs> well, you know, it's today is Christmas Eve, Amanda. Happy holidays. Really? Is that yeah. what it is today? It is today. It's crazy wow. how time I can't works. believe mm-hmm. this is insane. I mean, what are we all doing right now? We're just sitting We're, by the fire. Yes, in a very cozy sweater. And mm. and I just hope Santa brings all of the gifts you asked for, <laughs> Amanda. Mm. He will, trust me. <laughs> Um, but I do want to wish all of our listeners happy holidays. Uh, I hope everyone is having a nice day, a nice time, and a nice break. And, uh, and of course, recommending our show. We really hope that that's how you're spending this holiday break. You yes. Know, tell uh, all your... I mean, you're not with your family, so I guess go shout it out your door. <laughs> you yeah. can just send them a text. It grab doesn't a, have to grab, be in person. Grab a pot and a... No, no, no. I think Amanda's onto something here. I think they should grab a pot and a pan... <laughs> Put a sweater on, head out the door, bang it together, and just say the alarmist, and and then just see what happens after. Yeah, that. no context. And if, yeah, it's uh, like caroling. It's like caroling. <laughs> Go door to door, stand six feet away, bang your pots and pans, and then while playing the Jurassic Park episode from your phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very like uh, 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 what is the movie I'm thinking of um, with uh, John? Uh, oh uh, yes. This is the rom-com from the 80s. Yes. It's called like, Stand- it's not Stand By Me. but Yes, uh, I think it is. Is it? No. <laughs> I, no I've never uh... seen it, but I know the image of him holding the boombox. Oh, everyone's screaming called... at us right now. Yes. His sister is Joan. What's his name? John. <laughs> jo- Cusack. Cusack. John Cusack. <laughs> We're such feminists. <laughs> There are people scre- like screaming. It's such a famous movie. I just can't think of the title right now. And I, now there are people screaming at their, at their podcast. Get Dr. So. Ali back. He'll know. He probably will. He knows everything, apparently. Say anything. <laughs> Say anything. I said, stand by me. People are so mad. I'm going to get so many emails. Um, I think well, it's say anything. Yeah, so that's that's our our uh, holiday gift to you. And, uh, well, we'll see you next week. Stay tuned. We'll be discussing who's to blame for 2020. Erios. Powered by ACAST.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.